Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another installment of our Inspired Jewish Women weekly interview podcast. Today, I have a dear friend, Martine Cohen, joining us from Montreal, Canada. Hi, Martine. Hi, Eve. Hi, everybody. Hope you're all doing very well. Thank you so, so, so much for this and for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Oh, spending time with you feels like a warm hug. Oh, that's so nice. So just a little background information, how I know Martine, you know, sometimes Hashem gives you a little sign, like this is someone that you need in your life. And sometimes we ignore that sign. So I think I met you three, four years ago at a JWRP Momentum Conference. And Siggy Loretto, good friend of mine, introduced you and is raving about you. Eve, she's so talented. She has a gift. You have to meet her. And I remember going to the, the corner of the hall in this conference <laughs> right. with hundreds of people. And I held your hands, I think. And I yeah. said, well, tell me something. Like, what can you tell me about myself? And I just knew there's something incredible. You do have a gift. And we just spoke, you know, maybe a half an hour that time. And we said we would follow up, but life happens. And does. fast forward a couple years till last November, I got a call from a friend of mine, Mindy Zobin in Montreal. And she said, Eve, I want you to come out to Montreal to do a Shabbaton for NCSY. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go or not. I had just come back from Israel and I was still jet lagged. Anyways, it was such a gift for so many reasons because it was the last time I saw my grandmother and it was really such a gift. It was just a couple of days before she passed away and she was right. healthy at the time. We had no idea, but there was a lot of HP, higher power involved. And when Mindy said, I want you to stay at this lady, you probably don't know her. And I thought to myself, I'm going to stay at my friend Siggy, right? I have a friend already. I don't need to stay at a stranger. And she said, well, her name is Martine Cohen. And I said, oh, this is Hashem. This is God saying, this is your chance, Eve. I'm, I'm connecting you again. And that was kind of the beginning of a working relationship where Martine has, has helped me grow in my own self and in my work and in my personal avodat Hashem, my service of God. And it's just been such a gift. So I'm going to just give a, a little introduction, but feel free to jump in. You've been practicing law for most of your life. Is that correct? Yes. And I still do kind of practice law and I bring all of this to my legal career as well, because at the end of the day, it's not what you practice. That's just a funnel to reach other people and connect, right? And help each other and grow together. So through law, I bring all that intuition and I bring all that positive vibe and energy. And I find that we're a community of souls and bodies and we're here to basically help each other and do Hashem's work together. Wow. You're going to share how you transitioned, but a couple of years ago, you started yeah. this project, this initiative called No More Layers. 
that's kind of how I became closely connected with you through that work. I remember you gave me your right. card at the conference and I yes. <laughs> I did keep that card. But when I met you just this past year and I decided I'm going to work with you, let me give it a try. I remember my sister was there. We were at the Shiva for my grandmother right. to visit. And I told my sister, I'm going to start working with this lady. She has a real gift and she's going to help me. And my sister, who's very different to me, she said, what exactly does she do? And I said, well, she has this thing. She, it's called No More Layers. She's going to kind of unpeel some of the layers that I have. And she said to me, Eve, you don't have any layers. <laughs> <laughs> what you see is what you get. And it's interesting. I thought about it a little bit. But when we had our first session, you went straight to the core. Right in, yes. <laughs> I know. Wow. Like, even after a, a couple of minutes, you said, there's a lot to work with over here. And, and <laughs> All in a good way, though, in a really good way. But, but it's yeah. such a gift to delve in deep because I think that we cover ourselves up and life has this way of just add layers and we're complicated. I'm a pretty simple person, but even someone like me who's straightforward, I say what I want, I do what I want. There have been many layers that have built up Absolutely. But you know, we're not complicated. I like to say we're complex. There's a lot to us. There's a lot of different parts, a lot of different components. And when we learn to have them speak to each other, when we learn to really see ourselves on the inside, the way we can see ourselves in the mirror on the outside, that's when we can really start understanding who we are, serve our own best interests so that we can then serve our life purpose and as well remove those sort of layers and what I like to call clutter that's in the way of our own light. So beautiful. And I'm sure in the world of law, I'm sure that's very... Oh, in the world of law. You have to know that law grounds me very much. When I first started realizing and accepting my own layers and really sort of looking at the gift and saying, how do I reconcile that with being a lawyer? It took me a very, very long time. You have to know. I was like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like what's going on here? So my friends call me the spiritual lawyer, right? Because we have to sort of reconcile the two, but it does really ground me. It taught me to be very precise in my words, which in my line of work with No More Layers is essential because what I can do is I can sort of go to the core of the person, soul to soul kind of communication, read their energy, their soul, and then translate it to them into the only language we have as humans, which are words. So the more precise you are in the words, the more important that is. And we know even from, well, Brashid, that God created the world with words. So words have a lot of power. Words have energy. And the more specific you are, the more precise you are in the energy that you convey to the other person. And in this line of work, in order to be that guide or, or show that roadmap, words are very important. So I've kind of like come to terms with the fact that I'm like that spiritual lawyer and it's just the way it's going to be. And those are the two components within me that I have to embrace and they work together. And so after a lot of hard work, they do work together. So it is possible. But I want to explain maybe a little bit how No More Layers came to be. Eve was saying we do have a lot of internal resistance and we create layers and we all do that. And part of the layers that we create is layers to the layers. In other words, no, I don't have any layers or I don't need to go there or I don't feel comfortable going there myself included very much so. I always had this spiritual gift where I could read energy and I could read other people and I could read the energies around me. So growing up as a child, I didn't realize that it was a gift. For me, it was the norm. The world was a little bit of a confusing place sometimes because people act in a certain way, but they feel differently. People say something, but that's not really what's going on inside of them. And so I was a little bit confused and I decided for a while, like a lot of people who can read energy to shut it down, because it felt better that way. I can like just focus on what people were saying and how they were behaving. 
but there was still an overflow and I would still feel certain things and sense them. And I was living my own life very spiritually and I was very connected from within. My mirror was like loud and clear. I could see who I was. I understood what my purpose was here on earth. I was just trying to find the path through which I could actually execute upon it. I always knew that I had to do something with that spiritual gift. And I was always a little bit fearful of doing that. And so the way Hashem works and the way the universe works, we all know is that we get a message. If we don't hear it, it comes a little bit louder and louder and literally hit me on the head. So four and a half years ago, I had a very serious concussion, really did hit me on the head. And for a while, I really couldn't relate to the world in the same way that I used to. So my kids would, for example, speak to me and say an entire sentence and I understood every word, but by the end of them finishing their sentence, I had no idea what they had just said. So it was like, you know, when you have like water going through your fingers, I couldn't grasp, I couldn't hold on to anything. I had no reflexes in my left side. So my neurologist was worried, my GP was following me very closely. And at the end of the day, they decided that I had post-concussive syndrome. I was diagnosed with that, which means in layman's terms, there's nothing we can do because with the brain, it's very delicate organ. It's very intrusive. And the only thing we can do is wait and see if and what type of permanent damage you can have. And that usually happens with a span of a year. And when I heard year and permanent damage and the possibility and losing my main tool in life through which I filtered the world, understand that as an attorney, you use your brain. That's like your biggest tool. That's all you know. It becomes your identity. I panicked. I was in such a state of fear, something, this darkness came over me that I had never experienced before in my life. And I was really, really terrified because I was losing me or that's how it felt. I have to say that overall, this concussion was the most amazing gift that Hashem could have given me that I wish on no one. I wish it on no one because it's excruciating, it's terrifying as you're going through it and you don't realize it's a gift until you're halfway through or towards the end. But it is a gift because it made me in touch with me. And by me, I mean the soul, the sliver of God that lives in each of us. But that sliver of Hashem is supposed to be active and that's the purpose of our life. We find that life purpose, we find that connection from within and then we act upon it and it has wisdom, it has inner wisdom and it lets us know what our life purpose is. It lets us know what to do if we only listen. And please don't wait until you get hit over the head in order to listen. So I went within as well because that's the only thing I knew how to do and I went to retrieve my gift. I was like, I don't know what to do. Doctors can't help me, science can't help me and I can't wait. For me, time is important. How I spend my time matters to me. And waiting a year and the possibility and the fear that perhaps in hindsight, there could have been something that I could have done. Now I'm stuck with a certain way of life or a certain lack of quality of life for the rest of my life really propelled me to become fearless almost in what I would attempt to try to do to help myself. And I realized like the precept of if I'm not to myself, who am I? While we're supposed to help each other as a community, we also ultimately are responsible and own ourselves, our behavior and what we do with our life. And I decided I had absolutely nothing to lose by simply going inward and seeing what this fear was about. And that's the first thing I looked at. I just sat there, I remember very vividly, and I just said, I'm going to just face this fear, withstand it as if I'm in the eye of the storm, just hold on tight and do absolutely nothing. And I have to tell you that was the most difficult thing in my life. Doing nothing is very hard work. There isn't anything to do. And we are doers by nature. We are creators, but we're doers by nature. It's easier for us to get distracted by doing, by thinking, by helping others, everything except going inside and being absolutely silent and seeing what pops up. 
that was very, very scary. And I saw a lot of fears and I saw the fear of losing myself. And I was like, okay, so if I lose myself, what happens next? The beauty is as you start facing fears and not engaging, but just witnessing, they kind of dissolve. And then as I realized that this big fear was moving to the side, it showed me a whole bunch of what I call layers because that's what they felt like. And that's how no more layers came to be. It's sort of a way of being that we strive for. I don't like the word no, but in no more layers, it feels like the exact phrase or acronym in the sense of the message is, let's strive to live with no more layers. Let's be so authentic and genuine that we live what we live at the moment it presents itself before us that it doesn't then become a layer, that we don't need the layers anymore. But I found a lot of layers. And we have many layers, layers from childhood, layers from our environment, layers that are mixed with you know, our DNA and our environment, the conjunction. It's complex, like you said. But when you start working through them, the gift that you get is the gift of you. Mm. The same way as when the clouds move away from the sun, there's more light and you get more inner light. And your inner light is your power. And your power is your choice and your choice allows you to serve your own purpose and the purpose that you have for others when you're here on earth. So I started doing that. I started going through layer and layer and layer. And that process taught me actually the process of no more layers that I use with clients today. And once I had gone through enough layers that I felt myself again, I remember there was one day where I was doing that and I was like, the veil is almost lifting. It's not that my concussion was better, but I found a new way to find myself without my brain. And that was such an eye-opener. I am not my brain. My brain is my greatest tool. I love it. I love using it to filter the world. But I'm something that's beyond my brain. And that was fascinating. And I do do that with my clients too. You are not any one attribute. You are much more than that. You can just funnel the world through one of them. You can interact with others through that. But this is not at all who you are. This is just one of the tools. So in other words, when you don't have a tool, you just use another one. Hashem is so fair that it gives each of us an equal amount of tools. They're just going to be very different. And when you lose something, you gain something else. And after that, I started to become a little bit ambitious. And I was like, what if I could do something about my brain? I'd always heard people that can physically heal themselves. I had no idea how to do it. But I was like, if already I can go inward, can I go visualize my brain where the damage exists and can I do something? Because our brain is elastic. We can either rewire our brains or find new kinds of circuitry. And so that's what I started doing. And that's when I realized the power that we have when we're not afraid, the power that we have that's part of our soul is that we can heal ourselves. And I started rewiring certain synapses. I started identifying and finding within energetically which synapses were damaged, which ones I could repair and I repaired them. And the ones that I could not repair, I created new synapses around new pathways to reach the same information. And the next time I went to my follow-up doctor, I said, you know what? I feel like my reflexes are back, but can you please do a full checkup and see what you're doing? And I told her the story. I said, I am fearless now. I owe it to my doctor. I know it sounds insane, but I need to tell you something. And I told her the entire story. And I would have never admitted that story to myself, let alone to somebody else, let alone to a person of science. She heard everything I said and she actually checked it out and her jaw dropped because my reflexes had completely returned on my left side. And she says to me when I go see her, she's my GP, she goes, I still talk to you, to, to my colleagues about you. And I'm like, it's phenomenal. So I realized the gifts that we have and when we move fear out of the way, that's when the light comes shining through. And if it's just a matter of going through some layers that we put there long ago, because at the time we were hoping that they would be helpful to us or they were a buffer between something that 
was too painful or too difficult, or we didn't have yet the tools to deal with, that's okay. Because the day that our layers start being limiting to us is the day and the sign that we can start dealing with them, that we're now strong enough, that we no longer need them. It's pretty much like a crutch when you break your leg. The crutch is very, very necessary at the beginning. And if you don't have it, your leg can actually get worse. But once you no longer need the crutch, interestingly enough, it becomes a hindrance. So there's that fine line where that mechanism is necessary for us, but then it becomes a layer if it overstays its welcome. And often it does because we forget we put that mechanism there in the first place. We forget we're walking with a crutch because we don't see it. And so after a while, our hip hurts and we're all disjointed. Also so becomes like a security blanket, right? It's it becomes security. a security blanket. So, but a security blanket means that we don't believe that we're safe enough or strong enough that we can manage without. So as well, we have to trust ourselves. And I love this prayer, the Modani, because it's so beautiful in the sense of we thank God for his trust in us and for entrusting a sliver of him in us for yet another day, which means if God trusts us, how do we not trust ourselves? Mm. Right? So it's okay to trust ourselves because God already trusts us. So now it's a question of, can we follow that path? And can, do we have enough courage? And it does take courage to trust yourself. It took me a lot of courage to trust this gift I still remember the first session I had with a client. I was so terrified that I would say things that made no sense whatsoever, that this person would think I was nuts. And then I said, no, you know what? I have to go and do this because if I have a gift, there's a purpose to it. It's not for me. It's not for me to keep. It's to disseminate outwards. And whatever gift we have, that is the purpose. Whatever tools we have, it's to teach others. It's to have others benefit. And when we teach others, I believe we learn even more. We're enriched that much more by giving. We receive so much. There's so much here. And what I love about you and what I love about what you're doing is that you took your pit, your hard mm. moment to build yourself. And from there, you're shining that light to the women in your, in your life, in the world, right? And it's coming from right. a very real place. You were there. You were in a very difficult situation and you did the work necessary to dig yourself out of that place. So authentic. It's so genuine. It's coming from a place of you were there and now you want to help other people do that. This is not a profession for you. This is not a profession. So I say that this is my calling. Yeah. This is my purpose. I mean, we've worked together. So, you know, I cannot say something or help somebody if I, if I don't live it. Like it's embodied. That's why it's so genuine. That's why I can go to the core of a person because it's not learned in a book. It's not practiced. It's authentic and genuine. And it's a connection with Hashem that's very sacred to me. And that's another thing that I love about working with you, Martine. You're so God-centered that everything, you're, you're talking about Hashem, you're, you're quoting from the Torah as we're working together, you're bringing sources. It's not only your intuition, it's a very Jewish way of healing. Everything yes. Everything with Hashem. It's God-guided, it's Hashem-guided, and it's from my soul. Hmm. And the Jewish soul. It's beyond. And that's why I had to learn to trust it because it goes beyond my heart. It goes beyond my intellect. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with an opinion. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's a soul to soul conversation yeah. when I work with someone, but then I take my human tools like language and I translate it into a way that the human can then on the other side, execute upon it or connect from within with, them, with themselves. The goal of no more layers is for every person to be able to become their own mirror on the inside.
So like, imagine if you woke up in the morning and you knew exactly what to do to have the best day for you to become the best version of yourself that day. And every day you work to become yet the better version again. So in other words, you start off as being good enough, which as women, we're told to multitask, we're taught to multitask, we're taught that that's the purpose of the woman, that's the goal, we have to manage everything, right? We work, we have kids, we're wives, we're sisters, we're daughters, we're everything. And almost that's the baseline. It's not even extraordinary, it's just kind of normal. It's expected from others, but the worst part is we come to expect it of ourselves. But that's not fair. Because we didn't check in and say, hey, are you okay with the expectations I'm putting on you? I mean, we'll do that to a friend, right? We won't just expect. I won't just expect from you to be available or, or just to be okay to talk. I mean, I'm going to consider that you're busy, that you have other things, so I will ask you. But when's the last time you asked yourself, hey, is it okay that I'm making you run around like this? Is it okay that you don't have five minutes to breathe today? Right? But we don't. So we don't treat ourselves with the same compassion, consideration, or deep inner respect to get the performance that we're asking of ourselves mm. to get the okay to get the best version of ourselves out there but if we did if we had that internal communication and you come like your own best friend and you work well with you then it's limitless then you can accomplish and go live out your mission and your life purpose in the best way possible but we don't we kind of bypass ourselves mm -hmm. I was looking back in our notes. I took some serious notes as yes, as, I remember wisdom. I'm like writing and I have pages and pages. And one of the first topics that we, that you said, okay, let's dig it a little here was right. the fact that I, I, I held so much guilt, so much, yes. uh, you know, Jew, Jewish guilt. I thought it was like a Jewish yeah. thing. I thought like, come on, everyone has to carry all that guilt through life. And, and it, it, there was no basis to it. It wasn't, it wasn't real. And you dug a little bit there and, and something that you said about fears, about dissolving fears. And it's right. almost, that's what you did with me. You dissolved it, that there really wasn't guilt. There was nothing there. Let's put another word to it. Let's see, like, what, what's the feeling? What are you holding exactly? And right. it literally just dissolved. I mean, I don't carry that guilt anymore. And it's a freeing experience to walk through this world. I don't know why I had to, maybe it's generational that I'm carrying it. It could be, it's just this thing that we put on ourselves. Like we need to do more. We're not enough. We should be working harder and kind of taking that away, putting other words to it. It's a very healthy and helpful attitude to acquire. Right. And it's also your inner truth. In other words, when you delve deeper like that and you go beyond the layer, you find what's really there. But we have a fear to even acknowledge the layer sometimes, which is then very hard, or to walk up to it, even observe it, let alone go through it, because we're scared. So guilt or fear, those are things that are baseless. And when we're able to go backwards in time and go back to the root of it and the source of it, that's when we can understand and we can uproot it if we need to, or we can just modify it. And we bypass the internal resistance, right? Like there's no resistance because we go to the truth and the heart of the authenticity of what's there in a way that your body's almost craving for it because we're craving for our own light. So we don't want the guilt. We want to be free. And part of No More Layers, and that's what I say to my clients as well, is you can choose whatever you want, but do it from a place of freedom. And in order to do it from a place of freedom, you have to be free of the layers because otherwise all of our choices are not choices. They're simply decisions that are in order to absolutely obtain something because we think it's crucial to our life and we must have it. So we chase it 
or it's to avoid something. And if you look at life that way, a lot of our decisions are actually based on one of two of those motivating factors, avoiding something or a must have or a must do. But it's again, baseless as opposed to I'm choosing from a place of inner freedom, from a place of alignment, from a place of what's right for me and what's right for me to do in the world. Mm. And so when we have two so-called choices or options before us and neither feels right, I always say, then go back to the drawing board. That means those are not real choices. Those happen to be the first two things that your mind stumbled upon and says, okay, I need to do this or do that. In other words, a lesser of two evils. Mm. We have to go a little bit deeper and say no. We, are, we matter more than that. We are worth more than that. Hashem gave us a freedom of choice, which means we have to be choosing between two things that are choices, that are free, and then it's a preference. If one is horrible and the other one's horrible, and I have to pick one, that's not a choice. I'm torturing myself. I'm burdening myself. I'm just creating a recipe for yet another layer. Yeah, you know, something that really stuck in my mind is that you... You asked me a question. You said, where are you most in your element? Yes, I remember that. <laughs> talking about that. And then you said, so go and create your element. Like create it, like choose, be conscious of your life. I think most of our life is unconscious, unconsciously ruled. Probably very much so. Right? Yes. So actually it's 90, 10. And I'm glad you bring that point up because even from a scientific and brain perspective, there's most of our, what we do is on automatic pilot and we're wired that way so that we keep our brain energy in case there's danger. So our brain can quickly sort of focus on that and it has the brain power to do so. So our brain is always working the same way as for example, our phone, where, you know, you have a bunch of apps and they're always in the background and they're running in the background, but they're not at the forefront so that you don't lose your battery power in the span of 45 minutes in the day. The same thing with us. We have 10% approximately that's conscious. And then based on those conscious decisions, those conscious thoughts or emotions, the rest sort of says, okay, I've got this. And then you have your little office, or your little team in the background that's making all these decisions. And you're just kind of like, how did I get here? Or why is this happening? Or how come this is going? And these are all these micro decisions throughout the day that we're not even aware of, but we just suffer the consequences of, or we just see the consequences. So when we wake up in the morning and the first thought is, oh my God, this day is going to be so difficult. And it's not intentional. It's just, we say that. And then we forget about it. We've just programmed ourselves to have a difficult day because that part of the brain that works in automatic pilot has no discernment whatsoever. It has no judgment. It heard, she said, it's going to be a difficult day. Okay, so then we have to make that happen. That's the goal. So, <laughs> so, so we have to be very careful what those thoughts are when we, the thoughts that we put into our mind and then forget because that's the day. And so, you know, sometimes when you wake up in the morning and you are in such a great state that nothing can go wrong, you know, we all have those days. We have no idea how we have them, but we do. And they're like amazing days. And then you can get a flat tower on that day, or you can get a cancellation of something that you wanted. And yet you will spin it in a positive because you are in such a great, high, happy vibration, a real state of simcha, then nothing takes that away, right? We've all had days like that. And then you can have a day where you start off feeling completely bad that if you walk down the street and there's the tiniest thing, like you drop something or somebody walks by and doesn't say hello just because they didn't see you. You're going to take all these things so personally and so to heart and they're going to have such an impact on you. And what's the difference between those two? It's the way you showed up to your own day. It's what you said to yourself at the beginning and how you programmed yourself, so to speak, 
to take over that day? What is your team? What did you give your team to do that day? Did you tell them it's going to be an amazing day? Did you tell me you're so tired? You're not sure how you're going to get through your day. Or if you are tired, did you say, wow, I'm so tired today. Let me see what I can accomplish. So I am still acknowledging how I feel, but the spin I put on it and what I'm asking the rest of me to do with it is what matters. In life, we don't have control over what's presented before us. We don't. But from that point forward, from the point where it's presented before us, everything after that is in our control, whether we like it or not. So we own that. And sometimes we don't want to own that because it means that I'm going to have to make difficult decisions or I'm going to have to make choices that mean that I have to do something. I have to look at this positively. I have to become a better version of me. And sometimes I just kind of would rather not, or I need a break, or yeah, I want to self-indulge in sadness or whatever. And that's okay, as long as we don't get stuck in it. Because when we get stuck, it becomes dust. And dust, if we don't clean it, gets encrusted. And that encrusted dust then becomes a layer. Wow. I have a question for you. Sure. In the beginning, you were saying how the first time you started doing this, you were so worried about what words you would use and if it would seem ridiculous. And I've seen in our work together that you have not only made some suggestions, but you said some strong things. Like you said, well, maybe this is not your life's calling. You know, like things like that. Oh, yes. I was very impressed because that's a risk and it feels pretty bold to make statements. Exactly. And the first time I did that, I had to trust what I sensed. I had to trust the conversation, the soul to soul conversation, and then translating it into a human to human conversation, right? That's basically kind of what happens. And I was like, what if it's wrong? Or what if it's imagined? Or what if it's my mind playing tricks? Or it's scary until you learn the gift and you trusted the way God trusts us. And then you trust yourself. And then you realize that your mind is completely out of your way. Because the truth is we get in our own way. That's the biggest obstacle that we have in life is not external. It's not that we don't have enough money. It's not that we don't have all the things that we want or the relationships that we would like to have or the quality of the relationships or the job. Those are all external. They don't matter as much. The truth is the internal. The biggest obstacle is us because we can't walk away from us. If we are an obstacle to ourselves, wherever we go, whatever we do, that obstacle comes along. So we have to be very mindful of, are we in our own way or are we clearing the path for our way? You know, you're walking and they're like, okay, I'm cleaning here, I'm cleaning here. I want it to be perfect for this person. Are we doing this for ourselves? Mm. Or are we allowing the clutter or just saying, I don't care, this will go here. It doesn't matter if it doesn't have a place. I'm just going to make a mess now and I'll clean it later. Or are we taking the time to value ourselves and value our time and our existence and our purpose here on earth and say, no, I need to take very good care of me. And I need to make sure my path is always clear for me because it's not just about me. It's about me. I'm part of a bigger whole mm. and I have a job to serve. It's like, you know, notes in a symphony. The symphony can be beautiful. The music is great. All the instruments are playing in perfect harmony. And that one little note that's a little off, mm. first of all, that's the one that you hear. But second one, it throws off the beauty and the synergy of the entire symphony which means that we have a role to play for ourselves and everybody else. We're part of something greater than ourselves. And that's actually very tethering. That's very special. And so that can give us courage to go into our layers. And that gave me courage to say, if Hashem gave me this gift, then I need to trust it. 
And I'm going to be bold because if that's what I read, if that's what comes to me, then I need to do it. And as terrifying as it was, I did it. And now I know it. There's a knowing. I know it to be true. So it doesn't feel as bold. As being a leader in a community at Rabbitson, working in communities for over 15 years, I think that is the sign of true leadership, to take a stand and to say what you see. And sometimes it's not so popular. It is scary. It does feel scary to go out on a limb and you don't know what's the board going to say, what's the congregation going to say. But if you have a truth inside of you that you see, you have to say it. And that is true leadership. It's not about yourself. It's not about the ramifications. It's never about yourself. And exactly. And listen, you have a beautiful following and a beautiful community that you and your husband create and maintain because you're very authentic. You're very true to yourself. You're very genuine. And being worried about what other people think or being politically correct or you know, saying something that's going to make the masses happy has never been your driving motor. That's never been what drives you. It's your own inner authenticity, right? That's the beauty of you. And so every person has their own beauty, internal beauty. Every person has their own authenticity. It just gets mired by mud and gunk and clutter. And sometimes it's other people's words and sometimes it's expectations. And sometimes it's that we do not give ourselves the right or the permission to just be who we are. And again, it comes back to trust. If we were made in a certain way and we have certain tools, that means that is who we are meant to be. And we should not limit that in ourselves. Even if we felt limited as we were growing up or even if we do not feel accepted or whatever it is, God made us this way. We are inherently worth it. We have worthiness because of who we come from. We are all equally, differently worthy, but equally we all come from the same exact source. And so what we do with that is where we can differ from each other. And so, yes, it's not about being popular. It's not about doing what makes everybody feel like, oh, good, I listened to this one or that. It's about answering to a higher power. First and foremost, to your inner wisdom, which is God inspired. And when you do that at the end of the day, it will work. That's the beauty of it is that when you don't try to cater to things that limit you, you actually expand. There's no status quo. There's no such thing as reaching a balance. You have to maintain a balance. You can't reach an okay, I'm good now. The minute I say that, I create an imbalance. The minute I say that, I'm gonna start moving and leaning towards a layer. There's no such thing. We have to keep moving. This is sort of a, an action-based and moving-based kind of earth and existence on life. We can't just be, we also have to do. But internally, we have to be tethered internally so that we can do externally. Well, I have one last question. There's so much here, and I really hope people will reach out to you. I know that you have Facebook Lives, and you have lots of content and a website, and there's lots yes. of ways to learn more from you. So I hope our listeners will use those opportunities. But my question really is, what are you seeing now? The world has changed so drastically in the last six, seven months, and I'm assuming that there's two types of people. There's people yeah. that are saying, now more than ever, I need help. I want to work through things because things are just complex right now for everybody. So there's that camp. And then I'm assuming there are many women that say, oh, you know what? It's so crazy right now in my life. I can't focus on self-growth, on working through my stuff. And I'm just wondering, are you seeing more of a thirst out there for women to kind of get things moving in their lives? Or are people giving up? 
I'm seeing both in my work. I'm seeing there's a huge thirst and I'm also seeing that people are kind of slowly falling off and not as engaged as they used to be in their own personal growth and service of God. So in a way, the same, but I want to qualify that. So there are two categories, but really it's the same category in the sense that these times, they're a hardship for people. There's no question. And some people are physically suffering in the sense that, you know, they're actually sick with COVID and they're unhealthy and they, you know, they need our refuah shleima and they need our good wishes and our prayers. Some people are suffering mentally or emotionally as well. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough time, but it's a tough time because it's a time that forces us to look at our layers, because it's a time that is sort of steering us more towards the truth. It's also a time where we've seen much more good deeds, much more chesed, much more community, much more connection, because it's harder to connect. So now when I connect with somebody, it's with awareness, it's with intent, it's with mindfulness. It won't just happen. Mm, right? It's harder. We're not taking it for granted anymore. We don't take anything for granted, which means that we are on our way to living the same life in a much richer way. Because when you don't take something for granted, the opposite of that is being grateful for it. Mm. When you're grateful for it, you have a greater appreciation. When you have a greater appreciation, it leads you to an openness. That openness leads you to an internal openness with yourself as well. You learn to appreciate you. You learn to appreciate the fact that you're alive. Now, when we say to somebody, oh, help, have a help healthy and happy new year. Healthy has a different connotation. Mm. You know, when we say, oh, that was a great conversation or when we show up for each other, it doesn't matter what we're wearing. It doesn't matter if our hair is messy. The person matters now, who you are, not how you look, not how you show up, not how much money or status. Those things have become irrelevant because the world is showing us everybody's equal. Mm. Now everybody's stuck with with the situation. Now, if you're in lockdown, it doesn't, you can't buy your way out of it. It doesn't matter the job you have. It doesn't matter how many kids or no kids you're alone. You're with people. It doesn't matter who you live with. It doesn't matter where you live. We are human at our base. We are equal. So I see two groups of people in the way they react to the exact same thing, but I see one global group of people being impacted. And when we're impacted, like I said, circumstances come to us, but then do we feel thirst? and then we go seek more? Or do we not yet realize that we are thirsty? And because we don't understand our needs, we're like, I can't deal with this. I now have a new need and I can't identify it. I don't understand what it is. So I just have to like go on automatic pilot even more because I can't deal with so much on my plate. But that's because I don't realize that what I'm feeling is that I'm actually thirsty for more. And so hopefully the people that are seemingly giving up will get to a point where they're like, okay, I don't want to give up more than this. So I need to figure out what's going on. And through that process, they will join the others that understand and can see that they are thirsty. And then they will go find and quench that thirst and get that more is that inner connection that gives us a renewed sense of purpose. Because when we have purpose and meaning, we're okay. And when we don't, that's when we start struggling with life. Wow. It's like the real substance of life. Exactly. So I feel God closer and it sounds funny, but in times like this, because it's something that's greater than ourselves and it's not caused by man, it's not a war, it's not a, it's none of that, that I feel almost like God has come, you know, one level closer to us and closer and closer. That doesn't mean that's an easy thing to have God so close by, 
it asks much more of us. It asks us to show up at a much higher level because in order to receive God, we have to be worthy of that, right? That's what God tells us in the Torah. He says, make me a dwelling and I will come amongst you, which means that if we don't make him a dwelling, if we are not capable of being vessels to receive him, he cannot come. So we have to be at a higher level. And I feel God much more because everything that's going on has nothing to do with anything that any of us can control. And we've always known we're not in control, but now it's out there as a truth that the world sees and understands and is living by. So rather than fight it, what if we embraced it and went through it as a layer and came out the other side stronger and said, wow, in a funny way, this is actually an opportunity, almost a gift for us to really rethink the way we live and move out of that rat race and serve our purpose, feel and experience life from within. Well, thank you, Martine. This is so amazing. And I hope it's just the beginning for many people to continue learning with you, from you. You help people rediscover who they really are at their true core. And that is the greatest gift that you could ever give somebody. I'm grateful to have you in my life. Thank you. (laughs) It was a mind to have you. And thank you so much for having me today. It was such a wonderful pleasure to have the opportunity to discuss this with you. And yes, I I really, my passion, my soul calling is to help as many people as possible. I think it's time. Yeah. Tell us how we could find you. What are the best ways of finding you? So the best way to find me, you can find me on Facebook at No More Layers. You can also find me on my website, www.nomorelayers.com. And you can send me an email, martine at nomorelayers.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so, so much and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspire Jewish Women. Please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.